welcome to the latest edition of the Aon Pensions podcast, Retirement Market Update. I'm your host for today, Victoria Panormo, and over the next few minutes, I'll be taking a look at what's been hitting the headlines in the pensions press. Then we'll discuss risk settlement with Aon's Karen Gainsford and Ben Harris. It's time for the news. Collective DC schemes. On Monday, the 18th of March, the DWP announced its response to its consultation on delivering collective DC pension schemes. Overall, there were a significant number of responses that were supportive of CDC, and there were many that advocated multi-employer and decumulation-only CDC solutions. We see the DWP response as an endorsement of the broader concept of CDC benefits for the UK, something that Aon have been advocates of for many years. Much of what we see in the response confirms the direction of travel set out in the consultation itself. However, one thing that surprised us is the lack of additional controls over the setting of the actuarial assumptions to value the CDC target benefits. This is important because the assumptions will determine directly the payouts to members. We expect further consultations will follow on how the taxation will be managed and qualification for auto-enrolment. DB Funding Statement Providing guidance on TPR's expectations of schemes conducting valuations in the year ending 21st of September 2019, TPR have published their latest annual funding statement. They offer a clear focus on long-term funding target, LTF, rather than just technical provisions, which puts a scheme on a de-risking journey as they mature and should allow them to be ready to adjust to changing situations. There is also the continuation of the integrated risk management theme, including consideration of contingency planning for each of the covenant, funding and investment. More TPR contact with schemes expected in the future to identify potential risks early. Aon are hosting a webinar on the 4th of April. If you've missed it, you can watch the replay. Details on our website. New TPR powers. The DWP has published its response to last year's consultation on protecting DB pension schemes, a stronger pensions regulator. This consultation was one of the actions under the earlier white paper. Most of the additional powers proposed for TPR will be taken forward. The response includes new criminal penalties targeting individuals who willfully or recklessly mishandle pension schemes and those who fail to comply with a contribution notice. It also includes an expanded list of notifiable events with sponsors to produce a declaration of intent prior to certain business transactions. And it also touches on improvements to existing anti-avoidance powers. Legislation will follow as soon as parliamentary time allows. CMI 2018. The CMI has released the 2018 Mortality Projections Model, taking into account the most recent mortality experience. The headline is that mortality continues to improve, but more slowly than expected. CMI 2018 takes that into account and means life expectancy has fallen compared to previous projections. This is the third year in a row that the new CMI tables have shown a reduction in life expectancy as the previous projected improvements in mortality have turned out to be too optimistic. These results are good news for pension schemes. They'll impact on deficits, they'll fall as liabilities will fall, perhaps by 1.5%. 
Also, buyout costs will fall, transfer values will fall, DC annuity costs will fall. Good news all around for pension schemes, perhaps not so good for members. Single financial governance body. When three become one. The Money Advice Service, the Pensions Advisory Service and PensionWise are now the Single Financial Guidance Body. Don't worry about the name. They're working on changing that. The SFGB is funded by levies on both the financial services industry and pension schemes. The new body is sponsored by DWP, but will also engage with the Treasury, which is responsible for policy on financial capability and debt advice. As 2019 progresses, as well as a new name, the SFGB will develop an outreach strategy which will include a new integrated service offer and enhanced partnership working with the wider industry, employers and key stakeholders. The main focuses of the guidance body include providing the public with pensions guidance, money guidance for the day-to-day stuff and debt advice. It will also work with the government and FCA in protecting consumers and work with the financial services industry, developed authorities and the public and voluntary sectors to develop a national strategy to improve people's financial well-being. If you'd like more information on any of these areas, I'll include contact details at the end, as usual. The bulk annuity market has seen significant growth for some time now, almost exponential. With exceptional pricing due to better access to illiquids, strong capability from the global reinsurance market and improved scheme funding, £35 billion of risk settlement business was placed in the UK alone in 2018. Now I'd like to welcome to the podcast stage, Karen Gainsford and Ben Harris. Could you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi there, I'm Karen Gainsford and I'm a principal consultant with the Naon's risk settlement team. So I specialise on buy-ins, buy-outs and longevity swaps. Hi, I'm Ben Harris and I'm a consultant in Naon's risk settlement group and a bulk annuity specialist. Now, let's just get dive straight into it. So 2018 was an exceptional year. So with respect to insurers, who were the movers and shakers? There are eight main uh, bulk annuity providers in the market, uh, L&G, PIC and Aviva. PIC and L&G normally vie between them for the um, the top spot in terms of business placed. Um, and that fell to L&G in, uh, in 2018. It was um, PIC the year before. Um, between those two, they have about two thirds uh, of the share of the market uh, based on, uh, on volume of business. Uh, Aviva a close third. And I guess it's worth mentioning the reasonably new entrants that we've had over previous years. So um, Scottish Widows, Canada Life and Phoenix, very much getting their feet under the table now, starting to write more and more business and starting to establish themselves as part of this you know, eight eight providers who are trying to uh, secure benefits for, for members. Could you talk about a little about the transactions that have been happening in the market? It's interesting. It's a real mix, actually. So we've had um, what's called buy-in transactions, but also buy-out transactions. So just briefly, buy-ins are where it's effectively a scheme investment rather than necessarily moving to wind up and buy out. And buy-out is more the final stage before the scheme is wound up. And in 2018, we've actually seen quite a trend towards buyouts. So a lot of schemes have matured. Their scheme funding levels have increased due to um, you know, either member experience or also uh, equity performance. And this has meant that actually buyout has been within their grasp. 
And I guess the second dynamic is um, that actually the market's open to schemes of all size. So whilst we've seen some real jumbo deals in terms of, of, of actual transaction size in, in sort of billions, um, actually the market is, is open to all. So there are still uh, providers out there willing to secure benefits for smaller schemes and, and they're giving good competitive pricing. During 2018, some of the big buyouts involved Nortel, Rentakill, and PA Consulting. For our listeners that might be in a position now to start considering buyout, um, what should they be putting at the top of their priority list to prepare? So, so there's a couple of things to think about. Firstly, um, the, 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 the best way to, to determine if a scheme is ready for annuity transactions is to track their funding position. We talk about the scheme's solvency funding position, uh, which uh, essentially shows the cost, expected cost of, uh, of purchasing a bulk annuity. And we would normally say that for any schemes that are 90% funded or better on a solvency basis, they should already be thinking about approaching the insurance market. Uh, and the reason for that is it's very difficult to predict um, insurance pricing uh, through time. It varies a lot depending on assets available to insurers, and market uh, capacity, supply and demand dynamics. So it's very easy to see prices move uh, by 5% or more uh, from insurers during auctions. And we, we saw that a lot last year and we expect to continue to do so. And for schemes in that position that are deemed to be quite close to buyout, they should be thinking about um, their, the state of their data that they will send to insurers, how clean that data is. Insurers do not want to see uh, missing pieces of information. So I think it's, it's clean and complete data, isn't it? So they want um, good quality data and they want um, it to cover a range of different items. And I guess the a couple of items that are generally missing from ordinary scheme data or what you need for business as usual administration is marital status and any spouse's dates of birth and also contingent spouse's pension. So these are sometimes just calculated at actual date of death of a member. Whereas if, you know, if you're going to insure, then it's helpful to have those actually recorded electronically. You know, it's worth thinking early about your path to buyout. So the recent PA consulting transaction I think was the end of a sort of two or even three year from um, starting to think about their options their, their current funding level and then taking some actions which um, provided better options for members whilst improving their, their funding level and, and they were they're in the market and capitalized on the pricing opportunities available during 2018 so I think there's it, there's never it's it's never too early to start the preparation work would be that the data uh, you know, specifying your benefits and making sure you're aware of what the what the scheme should be paying and also um, monitoring your, your funding level. So if we were doing this interview in 12 months' time, hey, who knows, you might get invited back. <laughs> Are we talking about seeing a market that's transacting 60, 70 billion? Surely not. I, I suspect that's a little ambitious. Um, so I think I think we're predicting a busy market still, um, certainly based on, on what we have in the pipeline ourselves. Um, we're probably looking at uh, 30 billion plus again for this 2019. I think what we have seen is, um, so during 2018, we saw a number of 1 billion pound plus transactions. What we're actually seeing over 2019 is that 1 billion might actually increase to more like 2 billion. So, you know, those, these transactions are getting bigger and bigger. And so the market is getting, getting much more lumpy. Okay, so how quickly do these deals get put together? So I think once once the initial preparation is complete, so the, the, the preparation of the data and the specification of the benefits, um, we're really looking at sort of three to four months for a, what's called a sort of a, I guess, a plain vanilla transaction. I think what I would say, though, is in 2018, the rule book went out the window to some extent, um, particularly on larger deals. So um, 
gone are the days where you can predict the timing in terms of later rounds of, of, of pricing. So what would usually happen is you send out your data and benefits specification and maybe provide six or eight weeks for the insurer to provide their, their initial quotation. After that, there'd be decision-making and shortlisting of, of providers and then maybe another three to four weeks to get the final round of quotations. I think what we saw in 2018, though, was that you know those trustees with nimble governance structures and able to move quickly really benefited from that. The point Karen made is one that we're increasingly seeing that, and, and we always say this, but the only, the only way a scheme really can uh, know whether a bulk annuity is affordable is by being in the market. So there's only so much monitoring and funding position that you can do. The only way to find a true price that the insurer is willing to stand behind is to engage with them, send them the, the data and the benefit specification and get a price. And even if that price isn't quite what you want, we've seen cases and we advised on many deals last year, some of them where the price received was good, but not great. Um, but other dynamics in the market meant, and Karen's already alluded to this, that an insurer wanted to write another deal, was told that they hadn't been successful in winning that deal, had assets that they wanted to use quickly uh, and were willing to use that on another transaction and get a really good price. And we've seen cases where that price reduction has been 5% or more. So it really can be a game changer later in the day. And it's only where, and, it, and, and schemes need good governance in place to be able to make quick decisions to capitalize on that. So as mortality continues to improve, what impact do you think the, the CMI 2018 mortality projections will have on the market it's early days the 2018 projections have only just been released um i think what it will do is feed through into the target prices or hurdle prices that schemes set for a transaction to be feasible um and that itself will drive uh, the behaviors of the insurers and reinsurers because schemes will not transact unless their hurdle price is met so by including it within their, their hurdle price. The market will need to move and start incorporating those those new improvements into their pricing. Otherwise, the transaction just won't happen. So for our listeners, what can they take away from this? Get updates. Um, think about your data, whether that is clean and complete, and whether any, any uh, work can be done now to get it in a, in a better shape. Um, but also start the work on your benefit specification so that's ready to go to the market at such point as your, your funding level is close enough to buy in or buy out to be feasible. I work as project manager on quite a lot of these deals. Um, there's a there's a big focus on data and making sure data is clean and is ready. Um, and we talked earlier about some of the aspects of that. That's very important, but also equally important is having a really good understanding of the scheme benefits and exactly what uh, members are entitled to. Um, but for me, the most important point is the, the governance uh, in place. The, the insurers want uh, as far as possible to have certainty of a transaction. So they want to see that the trustee and the company are on board and they've already thought about the implications of the deal and that if the right price is delivered, then they're, they're willing to transact. So that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the latest edition of the Aon Pensions podcast with me, Victoria Panormo, and my guests, Karen Gainsford and Ben Harris. If you'd like more information on our retirement solutions, you can contact me on victoria.panormo at aon.com. Otherwise, please visit our website or email talktous at aon.com. All podcasts are available on our Aon Pensions podcast, iTunes and Spotify channels. And you can subscribe to these channels so that new episodes are downloaded automatically to your device. Mm-hmm.